What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of For Your Good. I'm your host, TJ Franklin, and I got Pastor Rob on What's the happening? show. Man, I'm hitting y'all with passes back to back to back. But how are you doing today, man? I'm doing so well, TJ. We're also here. We have a couple of friends in the room uh, from our Journey Youth interns here at Journey Church. Yes. In southeast Wisconsin, in northern Illinois. We've got my buddy Johnny and Julian. Uh, I nicknamed them Pepe and Papo. <laughs> and they're over here. I hope y'all can hear them. They're in the room. They, they might be able to hear in the yeah. background. But anyway, love you guys. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. And TJ, thanks yeah. for having me, man. No I'm problem. Honored. I'm like when I like when I really first met you when I went to that uh, leadership um, meeting that one Wednesday. Yeah. I'm like, there's a lot of young people who need to hear that wisdom and the insight that Man, you bring. Thank you. So today, I really want to focus on mistakes. It actually hit me last week. You know, as as somebody who's young, you know, I go through a lot of things, and I can only imagine not having God in my life, especially when I make those mistakes. And I know I'm not the only one out there making them. And so. You know, I really want to stress and um, iterate why it's important to have God as that backbone. But um, my first question to you is, how do you handle when you make mistakes? And what is your best advice you would give to somebody young who makes mistakes? Yeah, I I think, first of all, give yourself the grace to understand that they will happen. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not a matter of if, but more so when. But I think that if we're proactive on the front end, instead of reactive after things happen, that it really helps with the healing process afterwards. And obviously, our goal is not like you you don't wake up one day saying like, I want to make some mistakes intentionally today. Like you don't have to be stupid about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But when they do happen, yeah, falling back on the grace of Jesus and um, understanding who you are in him and how he's provided a way for us um, in that when he he gives us his freedom, it's not just freedom from the penalties of our mistakes, but actually freedom to choose a different way afterwards. Yes. You know what I mean? So um, we can get into more of that. Like, I don't know if there's anything so far you said that you want me to expand on more. I know that those are like maybe some for some people, basic concepts. For mm-hmm. some, maybe new or, or tougher ones, w- which we can expand on more. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I think just for me, it's remembering who I am in Jesus, what he has for me, um, and just knowing that, hey, failure is not my future. Mm-hmm. Like, this mistake that I'm in is not permanent. That victory is my destiny. That freedom is my future, not failure. Um, and it's because of who Jesus is, who I am in him, et cetera, and just taking hold of that identity. That's beautiful. The biggest thing for me that um, I don't know if you can like you probably um, connect with is that, you know, it's, it's hard to understand God's grace for us and God's yeah. love. You know, we as humans, sometimes we think, OK, you be nice to someone. Someone's nice to you back. And if, you know, the way we grow up is you make mistakes, you get, you know, penalized for it. And then what happens when you don't? And then sometimes for me, it's hard to grasp, like, God, you love me that much to, you know, still die for me in my sin, to still, you know, send your lo- send your son down here to die for all of us, you know. And, you know, it's kind of getting out of that human thinking and understand that God's grace is efficient and bigger than our grasp. Um, So would you say, like, you know, growing in Christ and growing with God allows you to understand that a little bit more? Absolutely. Yeah. And like any relationship, um, you know, you grow with a person, you grow with people in in time. 
and in proximity. Mm -hmm. So my desire, um, as it has been for years now, uh, definitely the majority of my life, is to understand and have an awareness of the proximity of Jesus in my life. Mm. The Bible says uh, in a New Testament lens now that not only is God uh, for us, beside us, and with us, but that he's actually in us now through the Holy Spirit, which yes. is just mind-blowing. I'm still trying to understand that yeah, more every day. You, I think that's the beautiful thing about you know it, because I mean? we won't understand it all. So the, with, with all those different descriptors about the presence of God, he's in us, he's for us, he's beside us, he's gone before us, mm -hmm. like the the whole thing that we need to try to get here is that God is all around us. He's omnipresent. And in, in the life of a Christian, he's all about it. That's amazing, though. The biggest, uh, not the biggest question, the next question I want to ask you is, in the Bible, who do you relate to most um, story-wise? You know, everybody has, like, different ones, but who do you, who would you say you relate to most? Yeah, that's a difficult question. I, like, <laughs> even with you, um, Teeing me up before you know we record this, I'm, I'm like, I don't. It's different people in different seasons, different yeah, situations, right, yeah. etc. Right. So there are some times where uh, I feel like David mm -hmm. in the Bible, um, like a guy. I, I did worship for many years. Uh, I really love worship. Like this dude was not only like just this warrior king, but this man knew how to spit bars. Yeah. Like hey. and, and <laughs> you know still top of the man, charts. David Herbal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the biggest book in the Bible is Psalms. David wrote yes. most of them. Um, so I'm like, I, I relate to that. I relate to that rawness mm -hmm. and being real with God um, and being real with the situation. And God wants that from us too. Yeah. And I, I think that the Psalms gives us, is or it not gives, the Psalms itself don't give us, but the Psalms show us that we have permission to be real yes. with God and that God actually desires that. I like that. Um, so I relate with David sometimes there've been other times, you know, we were talking about mistakes kicking off this podcast. There are times where I feel like, uh, you know, John for the Samaritan woman that Jesus meets at the well, who like has messed up a whole bunch of times and Jesus still meets with her. I'm like, yes. yeah, I've, I've been that person. I like, I've messed up a ton yet. Jesus loves me anyways. And we could talk more yes. about her story in a moment. Um, there've been other times where I really relate excuse me, I could talk, yeah. you know, <laughs> I, I speak words, um, <laughs> where I feel like Peter, mm -hmm. like Peter, just the outspoken dude, you know, maybe a little bit, um, a yeah. little crazy, little reactive, like runs his mouth, you know, he, he speaks before he thinks, like I've been that guy as well. You didn't say um, the prodigal son? Prodigal son, yeah. for sure. I Yeah, I've been there, especially end of my high school career. Um, I, I knew what I should have been doing, but was just pursuing, like, honestly, a non-godly life. Right. Um, and even bled into beginning of college a bit. I would say that the disciple uh, or a person in the Bible who I'm most trying to be like, and obviously we're all trying to be like Jesus out here. Um, that's so that's like dead giveaway. Yeah. But uh, if I had to pick a different character besides Jesus, I would say, man, I'm trying to be like John a little bit more. Like, John is the guy who wrote this gospel, and he identifies himself as the one whom Jesus loves. Mm -hmm. Like, when we find John at the Last Supper, he's reclining on Jesus' chest. Like, I want to be like that guy wow. a bit more. Like, John had a really 
good grip on his identity. And then later in First John, Second John, Third John, you know, like when he's Grandpa John in his old yeah. age and he's right into young adults and, yeah. and young people in churches like you and me, he, he talks about, you know, they're asking him, what's the thing that mattered the most? Like, we didn't get to see Jesus in the flesh. We didn't get to be with him. Like, that was before we were born. And John's writing about things that matter the most. It wasn't the miracles, although those were important, and uh, they still happen. It wasn't the, the power. It was the love of Jesus displayed on the cross. He's like, loving God and loving others is the most important yes. thing. And I think that, yeah, like, I, I want to understand the the depths of Jesus' love while also like saying this is the most important thing um so who who would you say i'm i'm curious Uh, (laughs) who would you relate yourself to bro um like you said different people in different seasons but i do like i do believe david um but i like to look at myself not to look at myself but i relate to the prodigal son sometimes because it's just like man like yeah early on definitely you know like i said in high school i lived the life that i wanted to i thought i knew best and then it's kind of like that shame, like yeah. I'm coming back to God, and you know He doesn't want to talk to me. And then the father, you know, in the in the in the in, the, in, in Luke, I believe, you know, when he came back, right, Luke he, fifteen, Luke fifteen, um, the father showed compassion, totally, you know, and that's how God shows us, and that's how I relate to Him so much. Definitely, David on a lot of situations, like you said, but like also with the, you know, everybody knows the David and Goliath situation, but I face Goliath every day yeah. through different, you know mental strongholds, battles, life situations, those are our Goliaths. And some, just reading that story, reiterating it in my spirit shows me I can get through. So definitely David. And sometimes, I right now in my life, I feel like Moses, actually. Let's go, bro. Because um, okay. I kind of feel like, you know. Which, which phase of Moses? Which oh, era? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going back to Pharaoh. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm at right yeah. now. Uh, definitely did run away and definitely found myself. And yeah. found, you know, like I found journey, you know, well, I feel yeah, like God yeah. led me to journey, yeah. found different people here, different people in my life. And now God has sent me back to the same people that, you know, I used to, you know, live with and, you know, be a part of to help them show the love of Christ. It's going to be hard, but, you know, I yeah. do believe God is with me. So, like I said, different people in different seasons. One I could say right now is definitely Moses. Yeah, I feel that. I, I think in 2020, the person that I related with the most and like just got so much courage from was Esther, mm. Queen Esther, you know, just thinking of what her uncle told her, Mordecai, like, hey, you were, perhaps God has placed you in this position for such a time as this. Like, and I think that that question, that statement has just given me so much courage in, hey, maybe God has placed the people in my life, the position I'm in right now, uh, the influence that I have, like, for such a time as this. Yes. And, and just a call up to leadership, a call with God's positioned you for success mm-hmm. and for a win and that he's for you. I think even like, like, you know, while we're talking about seasons, it's hard, you know, yeah. um, we go to like season of slowness, season of singleness and to really like, that's the question I have for you. How important do you say it is to really live out the certain season God has called you to be in right now for whatever that may be? I hope hmm. that's not too vague. I'm sorry. Yeah. Let me put it this way. If you find yourself repeating or having the same lessons trying to be taught to you over and over again, it's probably meaning that God's trying to teach you something in a season right now that you haven't taken hold of a few times before. Um, I like to also say, um, 
God's all cool with you hitting rock bottom, but don't make a home at rock bottom. Yeah. Right. And that, that was my story at the end of high school and beginning mm-hmm. of college. Like I, I found myself at rock bottom over and over again. Cause I was making the same stupid decisions over and over again. I was hanging out with people I shouldn't have been with. Yes. I was doing things. I was sliding into DMS. I had no business. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I was, I was doing a whole bunch of those things and it's like, all right, well, here I am heartbroken again, feeling far from God again. And what am I going to do? How am I going to react? Like, first of all, am I going to react to his grace in a way that, uh, I can receive it from myself, but then also bring hopefully more permanent life change and not just return to the same stupid mistakes over and over again. So when it comes to living in the season you're in right now, I think that those are important things to ask in your prayer life of, um, especially in the tough ones, but yes. equally in the good ones. Um, God, what are you trying to teach me right now that um, in this time of my life, you know, um, in in this relationship status of my life, um, in this financial moment in my life, like, God, what are some things that you're trying to teach me when I have X amount of dollars in my bank account so that I can maybe be entrusted with more in the future? God, what are some things that you're trying to teach me right now as a single person? Lessons that I need to learn so that, you know, should I be able to find uh, a person who is a little bit more compatible with me? And and that's a whole other topic for another yeah. day about relationships. You know, we, we've talked about yeah. this before. I will definitely have uh, <laughs> Pastor Rob back here and we will go in. Yeah, like I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm not at all one of those guys that believes in the one. I think that you get the one when there's a ring on your finger, on his or her finger from you. But anyway... I think that it's important that we take hold of what God is trying to teach us right now and say, Lord, what do you have for me? And here's the deal. You don't have to figure these things out on your own, learn these things on your own. This is the power of community, too. Mm-hmm. These are some things where you, you talk to a couple of your close friends and say, what are some patterns that you've seen in my life yes. that you think that God is trying to break off of me that I'm too foolish to see myself? Um, and that takes some rawness. It does. And that take some trust and vulnerability. Like I wouldn't go and ask that question to just anyone, but to the people that know you best, they should be able to answer that. I think like, that's why community is so important. I don't like, I don't, I can't get behind when people say I don't need church and things like that. I can read my Bible at home. Like, yes, you know, church is not the end all be all of God. But like you said, like community can show you like, Hey, this person is struggling. Hey, I know something about you. And like, Someone couldn't even notice that if you're not around people or people to and, and you know encourage you, influence your life. And so, um, definitely with the season, the, whatever season you're in, I love what you said. But also, a lot of seasons can be impacted around the, the people around you for sure. Here's what I'll say on that because I'm super passionate about having healthy community and church community in particular around you. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, first of all, um, a lot of the mistakes I got into is because I was lone wolf mentality. I got into them by myself. And I like to say, if you got into your mess by yourself, what makes you think you're going to get out of them by yourself? Right, right. You need people around you. You like the Bible talks so much about this, you know, iron sharpening iron. So a friend sharpens a friend like um, wisdom in the counsel of many. Um, th- those are just two quotes from Proverbs itself. The church is also called the bride of Christ. 
So I am not about this whole movement right now that's like, I'm cool with Jesus, but like, like I get it. Like the church isn't perfect because there are humans in it. Yeah. Um, but it's imperfect people trying to better know and serve a perfect savior. And I think that I can get behind that, but I'm like, yo, if you're bad mouthing the church just to gain some PR and some followers, like you're bad mouthing the bride of Christ. Like you're going to have to talk like Jesus, Jesus ain't cool with that. I Um, just, I don't know how people do it. Not not only just bad mouth, but like not, how how can you profess you're a Christian and not be around community? Yeah. That's, that's like, if the goal of a Christian is to follow Christ, that's that's in the name. Um, like before we were called Christians, the early church, they are actually called followers of the way, uh, referencing John 14, 6, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Um, so it was a, a group setting. Um, when you even read other letters in the New Testament, there are much more times where it's we and our statements rather than I and my. Mm. So I think that we live in a hyper-individualized culture and we need to be aware of that because we have brought our hyper-individualized Western culture into our spiritual lives as well. But the real truth is there is no such thing as Lone Ranger Christianity. Right. There's no such thing. It just doesn't work like that. And I know, like, I don't want to just, like, downplay any hurts. Like, I understand that there's hurt that happens in the church. Guess what? There's hurt that happens outside of it, too. Right. But... Even though, uh, <laughs> crazy thing is, um, you can be hurt by people, mm-hmm. but oftentimes the hurt you've experienced from people, you can also be healed by other people. Mm. Um, and especially, I mean, we started off this podcast talking about mistakes. James five sixteen specifically says, confess your sins to one another yes. so that you may be healed. Um, that there is uh, power and healing when we're real with one another when we're doing life up close and together not just behind a screen like yes i'm yo i'm so grateful for technology technology is allowing this to happen right yeah, now definitely and for all you guys listen out there yeah, yeah like this this is made possible because of technology this wasn't happening 2000 years ago this wasn't happening 100 years ago uh so i'm grateful for it but there are certain things that can only be done within the context of doing life up close with actual people, which is also why in Hebrews 10, 23 through 25, there's, there's a stern warning to the church. Like, Hey, don't forget. It says, don't neglect meeting up together. Like some are in the habit of doing like Mm -hmm. we, we really need each other probably more than we give ourselves credit for. Um, And I think that we're very familiar with, things that Christianity costs us. Um, it could cost you your reputation. Yeah. Um, it can cost you in some ways your clout. Yeah. It can cost you, I mean, in some places in the, of the world, your job or your yeah. life. Yeah. So I'm, I'm familiar with some of the things that Christianity might cost me, but I think that it's so important that we as Christians are also familiar with the benefits of being a Christian. And one of the greatest benefits that God sets up for us, here's the deal. God does not command us to do anything that will not bless us because God is so for us because he wants us to win behind every command is a blessing that he gives us. So when he asks us, when he commands us to be a part 
of a church community. It's because he set it up for our success. He set it up so that we may know him better and that we can be a part of this movement of reconciling ourselves to both God and to each other. Yes, I love that so much. And I think that I just, you know, I pray for anybody out there if you're a Christian and you don't attend. It's like, it's just get over the fact of church, but just have community. Um, I believe it's in 1 Corinthians. It says, you know, uh, believe it's bad company corrupts good character. Mm. And obviously yeah. opposite, good company helps yeah. good character. And so... Um, if you're not around just community in general, you know, it, 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 you can um, don't be surprised when you stumble. Like a lot of the stuff I've gotten, you know, over, you know, the, uh, certain addictions, certain mindsets have come from not only my progression with Christ, but, you know, the community around me. Yeah. Good people uplifting up, up me up. Accountability partners, you know, that can't just be me by myself. And so that's why I, I love everything you said. I really hope you guys, you know, take heed of that and learn and listen from that from there um is there anything else you wanted to uh say i think you just mentioned something really important that i want to highlight and it's been uh the enemy's tactics from day one is to isolate people yeah to isolate them from god and from each other when uh the serpent goes and talks to adam and eve yes first story we have he doesn't talk to them together he isolates them it's in the isolation that led into temptation then ultimately the fall it was then later they try to isolate themselves from god now god goes and seeks them out right because that is who our god is he's one that seeks us out even when we're running away from them even when we're hiding from him yes romans tells that even uh when we were enemies of the cross christ died for us um so god goes and seeks after us um but isolation is just one of the primary tactics of the enemy. So I think that there are two lies that um, when we, you know, I just want to wrap this up with this being about mistakes, that there are two lies that we tend to believe um, that are contrary to the gospel of Jesus that we frequently believe after we make mistakes. One is that I've messed up too bad. I'm too far gone for God to love me. That's one thing that we believe about the gospel. Mm -hmm. When, Romans 8 tells us that nothing can separate us from the love of God for those of us who are in Christ. If you have placed your faith in Jesus, even though, like, I get it, sin makes us feel distant from God. Sin is a disconnector. It, mm-hmm. it numbs us to the voice of God in our lives. So even when we don't feel it, man, when I've messed up, when I have sinned, and when I come to repentance— I, even when I don't feel it, I need to declare some truths in my life. I need scriptures like Romans 8 yes. in my life that is going to, God, I don't feel this right now, but I know that this is true. And I'm going to yes. declare this. I'm going to speak this. I'm the, the furthest distance in the world is from your head to your heart. So even though I can believe it in my head, I'm going to keep professing it over myself. I'm going to block out the lies of the enemy so I can receive your truth and actually make it felt truth in my life. Yes. So that's one lie that we believe. The second lie that we believe is that uh, Jesus forgives me all the time so I can keep going and making the same mistakes over and over again. Because I'm like, you don't get it then. If Jesus freed you from this lifestyle, why are you going to keep returning to the thing? Like that a dog who returns to his vomit. Yeah, right. Exactly. That, that's what the proverb says. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and Paul talks about this in Romans too. Like, hey, yeah, you, you've had, you have freedom 
right? And dare I use that word in the U.S. of A., where that is also like maybe American freedom is different than biblical freedom. I don't know. Just a thought. Yeah. Um, but freedom in the biblical context is not freedom to choose whatever the heck you want. That's what got us into this mess to begin with. Freedom in Christ is the ability to choose the best that God has for you and to walk yes. in that way. So the two lies we believe, again, are uh, I'm too far gone for God to love me and to be in relationship with me. That's a lie. The second lie that we believe is I can mess up as many times as I want. I can receive Jesus' forgiveness but live a life completely contrary to what he has for me. Because that's not really understanding the gospel it's either. Not. And also, I was—I um, don't mean to cut you off. I was listening to a okay. sermon by Tony Evans this morning. Yo, actually. I, I mean Tony yeah. Evans—he's a legend. Yes, he is. <laughs> um, he, and he was talking about freedom, and he yeah. said that um, you know, pretty much, you know, we we look at it pretty much like Adam and Eve. But he was like, why not? Like, why can't I just? I have the freedom to run past the stop sign. Why don't I do that? I have a freedom to, you know, run a red light. Yeah, we have the freedom to do a lot of things, but there's a reason why it rules that God has certain implications into our lives. Like, you know, the and freedom can only be extended by the rules. And pretty much mm-hmm. what he was trying to get at is, if I'm a football player, I have the freedom to run anywhere on the field, but the in like, order to, like, you know, succeed or get to a place, score, there has to be guidelines. Yeah. I can't just run around, just do right. anything. Then there's no, you can't, why, what's the point of the game? It's a right. score. And so that's the point of life is like, why can't I just do every, anything is that you're not going to get anywhere just doing anything. There has to be a purpose. Has to be, there's God, God has given us guidelines for our freedom. And um, I do believe. And that, for our success. Yes. And because he loves us, like God always commands out of love. Yes. God always asks us to do things out of an overflow and abundance of the love that he has for us. So, anyway, man, I've enjoyed this conversation. No doubt. Like, Thanks we're definitely going to have you back again. When I tell you this, man, has relationship advice, <laughs> relationship podcast coming <laughs> soon. Like, I mean, for real. That might actually be coming next week. You never know. But um, thank you uh, so much for coming on man. the show. I really hope somebody got something out of that. Um, and understand, you put any of your life situations, any mistakes in God's hand. And guess what? He will work it out for not only your good, but for the good of his glory. This is TJ Franklin, Pastor Rob. Thank you again. And you guys, I'll see you guys in the next one.